0: It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California and I am so thrilled that you're here. I have got a really tremendous guest for you tonight, Dr. Robert Hernandez, who happens to be a psychologist and a psychologist I met on a cruise out of New Orleans a few years ago. He's absolutely brilliant. And boy, he sure knows the law of attraction through and through and has this incredible ability to bring science down into an easy-to-read formula. You're going to love hearing from Dr. Rob. But, of course, when somebody of great stature dies, such as the very loved queen, well, I think it's time to really look at the subject of life and death. Now many years ago, shortly after Wayne Dyer died, I invited medium Karen Noe onto my show to discuss what happens when we die and also about life after life in the hereafter or at least until that time when we're ready to continue on our education into the fluidness of energy. It helps us to put into perspective what we all will be experiencing one day especially as we watch the funeral of the Queen this is a time when we can really expand our minds and hearts as learning about experiencing death as we continue to live I just don't think death is anything to be afraid of of course the thought of death Does trigger that flight or fight area in the brain that immediately pushes you into the survival mode. But we can actually walk through that survival easily and get into this brilliant understanding of what we already know about death and dying. When a person dies, the physical body ceases to exist. However, the rest of the existence of consciousness continues on this means that the existence of a person minus the physical body takes over you know i gotta admit that sounds so much easier doesn't it like no more trips to the hairdressers no more worrying about the clothes that you don't fit into any longer or simply the act of looking in the mirror and seeing a new wrinkle in that aging face of yours because we don't have to worry about the day-to-day issues we really are freed up to well enjoy the freedom it does sound really nice so far doesn't it it does to me anyway but probably the best thing about just being energy is that you are there with all these other energies that you immediately recognize like your departed parents or friends or family members husbands, wife, children and best friends in other words when you cross over you are immediately greeted by those who have gone on before you now how do I know this is true well in my line of work which happens to be the talk show host of Law of Attraction Talk Radio for the last 16 years I've been able to talk to the experts like Jeffrey Long, M.D., who recorded thousands of near-death experiences of those who have actually died and then came back. And they came back with amazing stories, I might add. Here is one thing that I think is so fascinating. People die, but they have similar experiences of going through a tunnel and then seeing those that have passed on before them. How is that possible that so many people have the same experiences along with seeing their friends and family members? It seems to be an individual experience, but yet at the same time, it's the same experience as all the others. It's a very fascinating concept, and one I know in time we're going to fully understand. Jeffrey Long showed us that people of different backgrounds in education such as those in China and India had very similar experiences of meeting up with those from their past is there a switch that turns on to recognize loved ones that have passed within the human brain after we die if that is the case then are we really dead? so what metaphysical science teaches us that the energy or consciousness of a particular person remains even when they die and actually until that person is reborn a near-death experience such as during a cardiac arrest that is often followed by resuscitation well many people seem to easily wake up after being dead people who Recall their near death experiences, have described perceiving a variety of surreal phenomena, such as seeing themselves from above or passing through a tunnel of light. So, when the person gets to the point of being reborn, it merges their old personality with their new intention as to what they want or need to experience in their current life. As the popular Psychology Today magazine reveals, the innumerable recorded and researched cases of past life experiences certainly point to the case where life after death does exist. Various institutions have performed research about the afterlife, near-death experiences or about consciousness after death, finding proof that life continues after life. In all recorded cases of reincarnation, it was also found that after death and before the next birth on Earth, there was a veritable time lag. So perhaps that time lag is so that they can regroup with loved ones to go back and experience, or even correct certain circumstances needed for their continued growth so the world just experienced the queen of over 90 years of age die and it brings to the question that if this grand wonderful lady just died into blackness into nothingness then it kind of takes the responsibility of living into reason if blackness is all there is, then why be good? Why take responsibility? Why even grow up? Well, having interviewed Anita Morjani a few times about her death experience, which was quite an eye-opener, but one of accepting personal responsibility to grow beyond what our human minds are capable of. I personally have interviewed quite a few people who have died and come back and again i've interviewed dr jeffrey long who has this database of thousands and thousands and thousands of documented cases virtually all near-death experiences which are relatively the same so in many ways many of which we cannot comprehend our consciousness does continue after death it is a form of rebirthing going through a tunnel into the entrance of this life and then exiting going through another tunnel as they exit this life it appears that we do reincarnate to continue our consciousness in new yet different ways this is a fascinating subject and one which we will continue but let's just conclude right now that the queen is not dead as we know it she probably will be at her funeral watching with interest all that she had planned in the first place and that there will mostly be diana with the queen as they both comfort prince william and prince harry so let's be clear on this death is not an ending it's just a shift to gain new insight before returning to physical form so now let's turn from the shift of energy of dying to the shift of energy of living i want to introduce you to my wonderful guest dr robert hernandez a psychologist out of miami florida He's not only brilliant but he's also a friend who I met on the last cruise to Cozumel and because of the joys of Facebook we were able to stay connected even though we're thousands of miles apart. Dr. Rob makes these amazing videos that he shows on Facebook as he walks around outdoors and he talks about life experiencing life through his eyes it it is such a wonderful experience for everyone to see because we're getting this really wonderful perception of life that is more powerful than we ever knew they are great in every way right now he is living part-time in spain and then enjoys the beauty and fun of miami Um, talk about a great manifester dr rob it's probably one of the best because if you can have a home in miami and then a home in spain and continue to work in spain and in miami oh my goodness that's the kind of manifestation i want to (laughs) have good job dr rob So let's talk to Dr. Rob and talk about life and the law of attraction. Well, welcome, Dr. Robert Hernandez. I am so thrilled. And I just got to do a disclaimer because I know you. I know (laughs) you because you came on a cruise about four and a half years ago. We went to New Orleans. And then down to Mexico and you were there and we had a marvelous time, a marvelous time. And so it's like, I am so excited. I'm so excited (laughs) to be talking to you. you. You're like my old, old friend. And then because you're on Facebook, you have been doing this walk around where you discuss books that you've read or things. Uh, about what is going on in life and I got to tell you I saw that a couple of times I've seen it and I'm going wow you are absolutely brilliant you hit the nail on its head just by you walking around and thinking and expressing yourself it's like holy cow the whole world's got to know about you because you're very very powerful
1: Oh, thank you, Jules. You're so kind. (laughs) I am thrilled to be here, Jules. And yes, that cruise was memorable. I will never forget that. We had such a great group, remember?
0: Yes.
1: It was was wonderful.
0: Yeah, we had all the the people from Japan too. It was just wow, unbelievable group. It was fantastic. So, okay, but I want to get to you because you've got some really fantastic information about manifesting. And so the, what you can teach us is is very powerful. Because, well, you just take it from there. What is it that you think that all of the listeners of Law of Attraction Talk Radio, what do you think that they need to know that we're not getting?
1: Well, um, I think what happens nowadays A lot of the times with manifestation, first of all, there's a lot of pressure. Everybody feels like I have to do this right. And if I don't follow the way it should be done, I'm not going to get anything. And I just think that alone, that pressure, that kind of also negatively affects the whole manifesting. I mean, first of all, pressure alone gives you anxiety, so if you're in an anxious state, then you are not in a state of the wish fulfilled. And I like to um, use a lot of Neville Goddard's uh, words because I really love his teachings. And so anxiety will bring your vibration down. So if you are stressed out about How can I do this right? How can I follow this formula? I'm not following it right. Or or friends tell me I'm doing it wrong. (laughs) If you get into that, and then what that's doing is it's counterproductive. It's actually bringing your vibration down. And you're going to end up giving up. And you're going to end up probably thinking, oh, this is just, uh, you know, hocus pocus or woo woo. And it doesn't really work. And so in my, all I can go by is my experience, as well as the experience of those that I work with. And one of the things that I always have to come back to, especially when I'm stressed, um, because I'm, I could say that I'm also an entrepreneur and, you know, business for myself, like many of your listeners, uh, and So when we're going to have times of worry, right? I mean, we're going to have times where, especially now, now we're just living in this weird economy and where it's, there's a lot of new things or a lot of firsts, um, you know, we've never had inflation with a very strong job market, for example. So I tend to go back to what will, what feels good. And I think this is where I go back to Abraham Hicks's teachings. It's like, what feels good? Well, what feels good right now is let me switch my focus. Let me focus on something that is beautiful or lovely or something that I know that's going to make me laugh or smile or anything like that. Just get me out of where I'm in, that state that I'm in. Where can I pivot? Where can I change? And so, one of the best ways to do that is just find what you're grateful for in that moment so for me i know that and for everyone's different for me i know that i need to be around beautiful things so for example um my partner who's we're very similar he likes uh to collect espresso and coffee and tea china So they're beautiful pieces and we use them because I don't like things to get dust in a museum. So we use them. So if I can at least have a beautiful looking espresso cup and drink my espresso or my coffee, that alone is enough to shift me. Because when I see that, it's beautiful. I'm giving thanks that I have this beautiful piece of China. It has probably a lot of history behind it. And the coffee tastes amazing. So I'm always grateful for my coffee. I mean, I think coffee makes it on every morning's grateful list for me because I just love coffee. Yeah. And so that can shift me. That's one. And the other thing is, you know, it's important to know what we don't like. It's important to feel that even, because that's where Abraham Hicks hits the nail on the head. She talks about the law of contrast. And so how do we know what we don't like until we experience it? That is so you. when we do experience it, we're like, oh, I don't like that. It doesn't feel good. That's great. Now you know what you don't like. But the key, I think, is not to stay there. So if we stay there, then that staying around becomes kind of like a wallowing in it. And then we get kind of stuck in it. So even those words for me really denote like you're not moving, you're stuck, you're not moving. Wallowing sounds also kind of like you're not getting anywhere. So how can you speed that up? Because the higher vibrations are fast vibrations. So we also know that. And so... How can I get out of that? And I think it's so important and I love it when Esther Hicks uh, channeling Abraham, she talks about how do we turn around? So we see that. Okay, great. We feel it. It doesn't feel good, but don't stay there. Turn it around. So today I didn't see any clients. Let's say, for example, I didn't make any money today. So I have a choice. I can say, oh, That doesn't feel good. Yes, it doesn't feel good. I don't like days. I don't make money. (laughs) Do I want to stay there? Do I want to feel that? Am I going to start then to have thoughts? Because that's the other thing. Once you start feeling it, your mind is a great producer of the most amazing films. So I don't know about you, Jules. I can create doozies of films in my head. Yes. And that just gets worse and worse and worse. And then you begin a spiral. So I really just say, okay, it doesn't feel good. Great. You know what you don't want. So what do you do want? Let's ask that question. And let's see if we can turn it around and pivot. So I think that's the first part of it is how can we turn around
0: How can we turn around? And that's very, very good point. One of the things I think is that we often have to step outside of ourselves because we get so focused on on ourselves. You have a practice of helping people so that you don't stay in yourself. You're actually helping people. And I think that's probably one of the missing components is that we have to get beyond our problems and h- help another person.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And and it's I think that's another wonderful thing is because that's, to me, that sounds like I'm turning around. Yeah. Because if you stay with the problem, then you are focusing on yourself and then you become self-absorbed. And it's interesting. There's a lot of studies that talk about when people are depressed, they have tunnel vision. They have tunnel vision because they can't see anything beyond their depression or whatever feeds that depression, whatever it is. And if they can open up that vision, then they can start to see opportunities. They could start to see that there are other things that Aren't, has nothing to do with what makes them sad or depressed, even if it's clinical depression, I would even say. So I'm not saying that it causes the clinical depression, but I think a good thing to add to treatment for depression would be, can you explore things outside, like you said, and you said it great, outside of yourself? Can you do things differently differently? So if you are constantly in your house, like most of us have been for two years, can you get out of your house? Can you go for a walk? Can you experience nature? Is that something that you can do? Because that would be different and that would be getting outside of yourself. Or like you mentioned, can you help someone outside of yourself, even if it's the first person closest to you? Or maybe it's a neighbor or maybe it's just someone. even if it's something so small, like getting someone a drink, you know, I used to always think big, like if I had to help someone, it had to be big, but sometimes it doesn't. And I learned this when I was working um, with hospital patients. And I would go to them and I would just say, what am I going to do with these people? They don't want to talk to me and share their problems. and, And I'm not a medical doctor. I can't give them a pill and they feel better in a few minutes. I have to like be with them in their pain. And I quickly learned getting them just a cup of water because they couldn't get out of bed and get it themselves. And their pitcher was already dry. The nurse hadn't realized they didn't have any more water in their pitcher. And so the first thing I started doing was just making sure that they had water, that they had Kleenex close by, that they were comfortable, even if it's to hold their hands so they can straighten up in bed and put maybe some pillows. You know, you would think that that doesn't do much, but that made a world to these people.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So You don't have to, we don't have to stay stuck within ourselves. And I think when that depression hits, that's what we want to do. We don't want to show anybody that we're depressed. We just don't want to be around anything. So it's up to us to help ourselves so that we can help others. So that we can keep on getting outside of ourselves I just think, like you said, we've been locked up for two years, which is incredible. But it really made us stop and think, all right, this isn't the place that I want to be at. I want to have a different kind of lifestyle. So we can't really blame that on anybody. Not even the government. We have to really go back. And it's always up to us to uh, look ourselves in the eye and just said, you know, it's time I got to do something different. The smallest thing can make a difference in somebody else's life. The smallest thing, just picking them up and taking them to the grocery store, doing something will just make a difference. You don't have to solve their problems, but it helps you to get beyond yourself.
1: Yes, that's great. (laughs) That's excellent. (laughs)
0: well you are um you're in spain you were in miami you go back to miami all the time um tell me you made that dramatic move to spain to experience what
1: (laughs) that's a great question I have I've always wanted to live in Europe. Um, I just love the European way of living if you want to say it that way. Um, for me it's very sensual and when I'm, I I mean that using your five senses and I just think it's it's really about just more simpler way of living. Of course it depends which part where in Europe you live but I live in the countryside so I actually went from a bustling international city like Miami and went and I'm in the country. So all my name, I live in a town, maybe about 55 people (gasps) and my neighbor who's actually right next door. uh, She always is that she'll always ask, Are you you don't miss Miami. Are you sure? Like they don't understand how I left such a fascinating, exciting city and came here because they feel like this is like, you know, some of them are not happy here. (laughs) And I just find this to be such a a much slower way of life, but it's allowing me to be very much attuned to nature and to the earth. And I it just for me it's amazing. And this is where my great grandparents are from on my mother's side. So it's wow. I really feel like maybe I was drawn or invited to come back uh, because they immigrated from here to Cuba and then from Cuba to um Miami to the States. And so I'm the first one to come back um, to, to the land of my great-grandmother and my wow. great-grandfather actually yeah and so it's just it's been a really big change but i just think for me uh where i'm at in my life right now this is exactly the place i need to be
0: what a great manifester you are oh my gosh <laughs> that is so fabulous so speaking about manifesting again because you've got so many answers um What is it about the law of attraction? People say to me all the time, well, you shouldn't be bringing up that negative because you just shouldn't. And I'm thinking, but how do you acknowledge something that's going wrong if you don't bring it up? Correct me on that. But I think that's a it's like I don't I don't get the law of attraction here. I've been doing it for 15 years. But if you can't bring up what is going wrong, how can you know what's going to go right?
1: I This kind of what's coming to me right now, because I'm very visual, I get these thoughts. And what just came to me right now, it would be very similar to running into someone that you're really not happy to see. <laughs> and so... You see them and they just, they come right up to you. So you really can't ignore this person. I mean, they're right in front of you. So you have a choice right there. Do I pretend they're not even there and just keep walking? Or do I acknowledge them? Because, you know, we consider ourselves polite and good people. So, you know, we'll acknowledge them, say hello. But do we then stay there with them? Do we spend an hour with them? Do we go home with them for dinner? knowing that this is someone I don't want to be with. And I think it's very similar to what you're talking about, because we have a choice. We could either stay and, you know, one thing is acknowledging. And I think acknowledging is perfectly acceptable because otherwise we run the risk of being kind of delusional. Like, you know, we're constantly saying, oh, everything's great, you know, 100%. And we're like in Disney World. And I'm not, a Disney, um, I'm not a Disney promoter in that sense. <laughs> so I really believe we have to have good reality testing. And now this is where I go back to my clinical skills. We have to have good reality testing, which means we have to acknowledge the reality. We have to acknowledge what the environment is there to give us because the environment, even if it's negative, it's there to teach us. And if we buy into the school of thought, which I do, if we buy into the school of thought that we are here to have an experience on this planet. And so we, you know, there's a lot of uh, schools out there that say that before we came to this planet, we decided what experiences we wanted to have so we can learn some lessons And if that is something that you agree with, then, well, everything that's happening to us, at some point, we've agreed to it, and we've allowed it to happen. So again, it's really about, do I stay there with this person that I don't like, or do I acknowledge them? Hello, you know, how are you? And that's it, and I move on, and I get about my day. Another thing that I think about, and this is something from Neville Goddard's teachings, Uh, He talks a lot about um, Daniel when Daniel was in the lion's den. And this is coming from, you know, the Hebrew scriptures. And Daniel, when he's there stuck with all these lions, he knew there were lions there. I don't think for one second he said, what lions? I don't see any lions. Everything's great. (laughs) That's it. Exactly.
0: That's (laughs) it exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Now the key is, what did he do? And I think this is important. Daniel turned his back to the lions, which first of all, it's very brave to do, but he did it because he was looking at that light coming through at the top of the cave where he was thrown in. And that's where his salvation would come from. So he was looking to salvation to get him out of that pit with these lions. So I like that story because, again, it's kind of like I can not, you know, it's a balance. It's really about balance. Do I not acknowledge the lions? Do I pretend they're not there? I think that's delusional. (laughs) And because you're always going to, even if you logically, you don't acknowledge it, guess what's going to happen? You have your emotional side that's going to acknowledge it. You have your body, your physical, that's going to sense it. So you can't ignore it. So he knew there were lines there, but yet he turned his back. So I think when people say, you know, I ask clients all the time, or I ask even friends and family, like, how are you doing? And they say, oh, you know, today's not a good day, blah, blah, blah. And they tell me, okay. And then I notice if they're going to stay there or not, because if they're going to stay there, then the next day, it's the same story. The next day is the same story. Then it's a continual story. And for me, a story that repeats itself becomes a series, right? Like a mini series. And then a mini series turns into just like a a soap opera. I mean, we know we have these soap operas that have been there since my mother was little, like general hospital. I mean, my mother says she saw it in the fifties. So it's like, it's a continual soap opera and that becomes a state. So when there's a repetitive story, it becomes your state. So, it's so important to be aware of your stories that you tell yourself and you tell others because that is a state that you're in. And so, the story has to change. You know, I understand you're having a bad day. Okay, that's, you know, and I will suffer with you, but let's not stay there. Let's experience this moment. Now, how can we get out of that? What actions are you taking? What thoughts are you thinking? What feelings are you feeling so that you cannot make this a state? Because Neville Gardner really talks about this thing about you know, you have a state and it's supposed to be the state of the wish fulfilled. So, are you living in this? Experience of your wish fulfilled. And I'm going to tell you, it's funny you said I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a master manifester. And the first person that told me that was an astrologer. It was so funny. Um, and this was probably four a week four months ago. The astrologer said to me, Wow, you're a, you're a master manifester And I said, What do you mean? And he said, Well, didn't you think about Spain before you moved there? Didn't you what did you do to get yourself there? And I said, you know what? I think you're right, because it took us a year and a half to purchase this house, because when you're a foreigner, they ask you for a million documents. And so it took about a year and a half. There was also some legal issues with the land, because here people don't they don't write up the right documentation when they sell property. It's all word of mouth. And so I went a year and a half. But what I did was I had a series of pictures that I would show myself during my morning meditation. I had a wonderful piano piece that even to this day, it still moves me. And I would just watch these pictures with my piano music and I would just get all roused up. And I just knew that we were going to move here. And my partner knew it first, but that's another story. But I I just knew we were going to move here. And even though there were times where I doubted and I would look at Jose and I would say to him, do you still think we're moving there? Because he's a little more psychic. (laughs) And he said, yeah, I still think we're moving there. And I said, okay, good. So, you know, it took a year and a half, but I had to put myself in my imagination here. I had to put myself already here. And eventually it happened. So again, this goal is now, I'm touching again on Neville Goddard where he talks about imagination you know, being the God within us and that spark of of the divine in inside of us. And I believe that a hundred percent.
0: Wow, that is powerful. That is exactly what I was hoping you would talk about, because that is how we feel our power. But we've got to be open to it, too. We can't say, well, if it doesn't happen, I'm going to do this. You got to kind of hold in sync what it is that you desire.
1: Is that correct? Exactly. That's correct. And I, I do want to touch upon desire because I think this is going to be maybe my next series that I'll talk about on, you know, when you had mentioned that I go for these walks and I yes. call it a thought on a walk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thoughts on a walk, I call it. And so um, when it comes to desire, I really think, and I don't know If I've come across anybody writing about this, if not, I'm going to have to start writing about it with desire. I think a lot of people have, they have thoughts and they have wants, but I don't know if those are true desires because a lot of the times there's a lot of folks out there that they'll tell you what they want. And it's very kind of typical of the culture or maybe of what's surrounding them. But is that really what they desire? And I think sometimes those are two different things. Sometimes your wants is more what I call ego-based. So it's based on your ego, what you think you should have and what that is. You know, it's almost like people think success is a certain thing, but that doesn't match what their desires that are coming up. And I do believe that desires come from within, so I call it unconscious impulses. They come from the unconscious and they come up. And according to Neville, again, it that is the voice of God. So I do believe that they just come up and you just have this moment of peace and joy. And it's like this oneness. A lot of people talk about that and it doesn't last very long, but it's very fleeting, but you catch it. And I think that's desire. And so when we both came to this house, this house is really—if you would have asked me three years ago, no, well, three years ago we bought the house. If you would have asked me five or six years ago, Jules, I would have said, "Live in the countryside? Are you crazy?" I love city life. I, you know, I love being in Miami. Are you? Cra-? I wouldn't move up there. And so when we came to this house, I couldn't. And I'm getting emotional. So there we go. (laughs) So when we came to this house, Jules, I felt like just overwhelmed with emotion. And my partner just saw the house and he says, yep, we're moving here. And this is the second time he does that. And so when he said that, I just felt overwhelmed with emotion. And I'm talking to you and I'm looking out the window at just the, the view. And I said to myself, yep, we are moving here and our life will never be the same
0: wow oh wow wow that's a great story so so desire
1: something that we need to kind of be still about and you know everybody functions differently Uh, I'm the type of person that if you ask me to sit down and write goals for the next five years I can't do it I get stumped and my mind goes blank yeah But if I take a few days, and I just kind of allow things to surface, then I'll I'll have a clear picture of what I want for my future self. And that's the latest book I'm, I'm reading with Dr. Benjamin Hardy. So it's, what do I want for my future self? And I think that just comes up with, it just comes up kind of naturally and organically. Now, there are other people that can sit down, and then they'll just have Thoughts come through and they'll write it down very quickly. So there are those like that. Um, but I'm the type of person, I'm slower. And so I take these walks and that's where I started calling it thoughts on a walk, because as I'm walking and moving my body and looking at nature, I things come to me. And when they come to me and I get inspired, I want to share it. So I started doing these recordings where I'll just share based either on what some, a book I'm reading or just um, some inspiration that comes to me in that moment.
0: Yeah, and they are very very powerful. So so I know you have it on Facebook, but can they do you put it on your website?
1: You know, I don't have it on my website. That's a great one. I on my website I have blogs where I blog, and I have them on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. And, and so um they can go to any of those three places I'm and that's I'm glad you're bringing the Jules, because I'm also in the middle of kind of taking all the videos and transcribing them and then making those into emails and blogs and things like that that I'm just learning about uh because I've never really learned much about marketing until like the last few you know probably year uh to now so that's something I'm doing now but yes it's good. You yeah, should you. everybody <laughs> should
0: be hearing it because it's like you're sitting there going, Wow, wow, yeah. Oh. Okay, I get it, I get it. And especially the people in the law of attraction realm that they're trying to learn about how to manifest and to create their dreams. You have such great insight that it it's relaxing to listen to you. And it's not demanding, it's not saying you gotta do this, you gotta do that, but it's just it's just like taking a breath of fresh air while we listen to you. It's just beautiful. And I gotta tell you, (laughs) when I heard those, I'm going, Oh my gosh, this (laughs) is Robert. This is Robert and and so it's just like I fell in love with you all over again being <laughs> oh. <means> all <laughs> these cruise. but you are just so right on target you make a person feel so comfortable to explore themselves and and I think that is um the biggest point ever it's like you release the fear from us to explore oh, more It's beautiful. You are a dream come true. And you know what? We're going to have to have another cruise so that you come on. You be a teacher this time because there's so much (laughs) I need to learn from you. You are just fantastic. And I know I'm going to have you back on time and time again because you have got this wisdom, this calmness, this gentleness uh, about living life and your, your, guiding all of us i know the listeners are going to love you so thank you so oh, much for being on the show
1: thank you jules it's such an honor and it's been even this moment together with you has been a blessing thank you so much
0: oh it has been a blessing for me it's been a blessing <laughs> thank you Robert. and to all my wonderful listeners have a great week and don't forget to ask the universe for a sign.